It is another edition of Riding Home. This time, the roles are switched. Dylan Weber is at home. Dean Leggy coming from practice. Dean, how was it? It was hot. It was definitely hot. Uh, 97 degrees by my thermometer right now. So, noticeably hot. Yeah. Noticeably hot and noticeably uh, full of defensive linemen, which is what I wrote about the on the practice report. Go to listen to dogpost.com. Go to read on dogpost.com. Um, but they're just loaded up with defensive linemen, man. And, and I also took a harder look at the Vanderbilt um, game uh, today, and I'm not so sure they played as lousy on offense as people thought. Well, what makes you say that? Well, first of all, they had four drives in the first half, and they scored on three of them. So, I mean, that there's there's really not much else you can do when you eat up um, – one quarter of the half with touchdown. Uh, and then they only had the ball one other time. That mattered. I mean, they got it as the half expired. That doesn't really count as a drive. Um, and I, I believe on that, I'm trying to remember all of the, uh, the drives off the top of my head. That's harder to do while you're illegally driving with a cell phone in Georgia. But the other one was just a punt where they only got 13 yards on five plays. So it wasn't. You know, it wasn't even in score touchdown on every single drive in the first half, but I mean, after a while, I just, I don't think people on dog post were necessarily blowing out of the water. I know after the, after the game, y'all were saying, hey, you know, this could have been better. Maybe should it have been better? I think, I think in the moment, it's easy to ask that because when you quote unquote only score 30 points on Vanderbilt, you know, there's some, you know, there's something to that, I guess. But I mean, damn, they, they got to the red zone two other times and either fumbled or turned it over on down. So they scored on one, two, three, four, five, six of their, uh, by my count, ten legitimate drives. I think that's right. That's hard to that's just hard to replicate in, in football. I mean, and by the way, they're 25-1 and one when they scored 30 points or more So under Kirby. So, you know, they did what they had to do. They they won the game. I don't know if it was on the road as much as people thought it was, but yeah, some air quotes there. Well, you say that they're thirty. What was it? Thirty and one, or thirty something like that? Twenty five and one. Thirty when they're twenty five and one when they score thirty points. Who was the one loss? It was the Tennessee game in two thousand sixteen when they had the game won and lost. Interesting. That would not have been my guess, but. I mean, they, they, they only punted twice. On uh, Saturday? In, in an entire, in, in, on Saturday, yeah. Well, I, I think... Touchdown, touch, touchdown, 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 punt, end of half, field goal, downs where they shot the gap, the kid from Vanderbilt, punt, fumble, goal, uh, field goal, field goal. I, I, I mean, I have to say, I'm not sure how much better you can get. Well, I think the major concern, first of all, is the, is the short yardage situation. People are always going to be upset when Georgia right. has this, you know, unfathomable offensive line, this god tier offensive line, and they don't convert on fourth and short, third and short against a team like Vanderbilt. People, I, I have a, I have a comment on that. Keep your thought up. I want to go back to that. Though. I was just saying, people are always going to be upset with that because they expect them to always get it with that offensive line, especially against a team like Vanderbilt. Far be it for me to to defend, you know, the coaching staff at Georgia. They make they have vast vast more 
expertise than I do, and they can they certainly have more money than I do about talking about football. And then there's just no more. But I will say that what happened on that play was that that the defender shot the gap, and while it worked on that one play, it didn't work the rest of the game. And like you know, if you if you were to play you know eighty snaps, you get the one play that people remember right, and you get bludgeoned the rest of the time. Well, that's no good. And and really, Vanderbilt to me, looking back on it, they did not play quite as disciplined as I thought they did or or should at the time. They were guessing a lot. They shot gaps a little more than I would have. The defensive end did not set the edge at all. I mean, he just ran up the field one time, and DeAndre just gashed them. And it's no wonder that Georgia wound up with 300, what was it? 330 yards. Yeah. I mean, they lost They lost five yards total on offense. So, I mean, the short yardage thing is correct. You, you know, you don't want that to happen. But then you, you circle back and say, well, how many times are these guys going to shoot the gap? You know, right. what happens when they and, – and, yeah, what happens when you shoot the gap and you guess wrong? Well, DeAndre so Swift will I, let I, you know. I, yeah, with his 150 yards. So, the details matter all the time, but sometimes we focus too much on the details uh, when trying to explain situations. The, the other thing I think, and I know we're, we're – we're, it just brought I mean, it came to mind me watching those, the defensive line today. They really played well, I thought, last week. You know, you're not even talking about quite 100 yards. I mean, it was 100 yards rushing, but probably about 25 of those were on the last drive of the game or last two drives of the game. And the game was totally in hand. Um, they make the stop on downs uh, on the last, you know, play of the game, so to speak, for Vanderbilt. It was they played about as well as you could. The, the thing that sensed that game too, man, was in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter, Vanderbilt had four straight drives that were three and out. They had negative. They had one negative yard. I mean, Georgia's going to win a lot of games that way. And the other thing on top of that, as I continue my monologue. If the Vanderbilt running back is one of the top four running backs in the league, which the coaches think he is, doesn't the defense deserve a little more, you know, credit than the Georgia fans are so tough on their team sometimes. For I, sure. I really I really mean that. I, I think I think generally speaking, we are too rough on Georgia. I have to say. Not not we the fans, but we just people who are not there. That was a more decisive win than maybe people are, are, are looking at it well, at. I don't think people... I, th- I, I thought it was more... I, I'll say this. I was at the Clemson game. Georgia was way more decisive in their win in the first half than Clemson was in theirs. I mean, Clemson was gifted 15 points by Tech. They were sloppy. Georgia was not sloppy at all. Yeah, I, I don't think people argue that it wasn't decisive. I, I don't think it was ever close to being a close game even because they had those three touchdowns right. to open the game. But the the con, people are concerned right off the bat, just the, the gut feeling when watching that game was to be concerned about the short yard situation, which we've covered. You know, that it happens. You, they shoot the gap and it, it happens. But then also that it just slowed down. They had the three touchdowns on three drives and then they didn't get in the end zone again. And I think people wanted them to find the end zone at least one more time in the game. And I, I think they probably should have. But once again, I know, this, I know this is the family broadcast, but I will say this: when you go out three Friday nights in a row and you score three touchdowns in a row, the rest of the time that you're 
out and about and you're not scoring touchdowns, you're going to be wondering what's wrong. Uh, and, you know, when you're kicking field goals, ain't nothing wrong with field goals sometimes, man. I mean, there's, there's not. And I, there's a little too much Munson in this fan base for me sometimes. And, I, you know, I've grown up in Georgia. I love Larry Munson. But after a while, it's just like, look, you know, we, we sometimes do focus so much on the negative that we can't figure out uh, how things are positive. And that, that, looking backwards on it, that was as decisive and as good a performance as I saw in college football on Saturday for four quarters. Now, Ohio State was about as hot as anybody in the first quarter. But that game became tighter. Oklahoma, same situation. I mean, Houston, I mean, is Houston good? You tell me. Mm, they can score points. I mean, are they better than, are they better than Vanderbilt? I think it could be a good game. Right, right. And Oklahoma allowed 30 points. So, I just, you know, there, there, maybe it's the, the, the reporter in me who's been around this program for so long, and you're not used to seeing body types and, you know, situations. But, like, Jordan Davis doesn't even stick out, man. I mean, like, he sticks out, but not like, he, like you might think he would on the practice field. You know what I'm saying? Well, so let's talk about the defensive line. You said you wrote about him today. I mean, what about it? You said you were talking about the depth of it. They just continue to roll guys through there, man. I mean, like Tyler Clark doesn't look spectacular, and he's a really good player. It's all everything's relative. I mean, I I, I've seen Zion Lowe could be developed into a really good player. I've seen him play live, and obviously, I have a, a lot of times I have a bias towards the players that I see play live, but I see really good players play live, too, at the same time. So that's part of it as well. But with Zion, and, like, Zion Logue is not so far in terms of body type from Jordan Davis, and he's not so far from the other kid from Nashville, Central, Central Tennessee area, is not so far from, you know, Walthour and, um, and uh, oh, God, the kid from Tower. They are similar, and, and like, it's it just they're, they really have done a hell of a job recruiting depth. They don't necessarily have a player who is so disruptive yet that you've noticed, but Jordan could become that in a, in a way that national people will talk about him. You know what I mean? Of course, and I think last season he just didn't have the time to build that up. But this year definitely has the potential to do so, and especially next year, too, after another year. Because, I mean, he does just wreck havoc in the backfield. I think there was one play I remember at the Vanderbilt game. I think he made a mistake. Maybe he went through the wrong gap or maybe went a little too far upfield, but still made the play. I mean, he, he can wreck havoc in the backfield. That's the other thing. I mean, I know people don't want to hear about Vanderbilt, but... You know, that's the other thing about their defensive line. It seemed to me, now, I don't, you know, I, didn't, I haven't watched the game four times. I only watched it twice. But, like, Georgia was, you know, standing their guys up and then moving them. Vanderbilt was standing up and either shooting gaps, running upfield. I mean, they were rolling the dice, and Georgia was making them pay. I don't know how many yards they wound up per carry. I know Zamir was at. 10 yards of carry, and DeAndre was something at like nine. That is not going to work as, you know, as a defender. They're just, you know, you're just going to get eaten up. But, again, I go back to Georgia's defensive line. If the kid that they played, he was he was the second 
team, he's the only second team running back in the SEC for the coaches. The other three were first team. One is DeAndre Swift, and the other two are at Alabama. I mean, so in theory, Dylan, that is the best running back Georgia's going to see this season outside of Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I'm sure Auburn will have a guy. I think the kid at, at Florida is not that bad. But damn, bro, if you don't have space to get, you know, what was, I think Vanderbilt's longest play was a 25-yard play. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't unbelievable, whatever it was. The longest, the longest gain was the 16-yarder from Vaughn where he got to the edge and, and kind of got outside, but. What is very simple for people who are listening. I mean, you know, I'm not sitting here like I'm a football expert, but it was almost impossible to run up the middle. And by the time that you got to the outside with the ball, Georgia's DBs and linebackers were hanging out, chilling, waiting to tackle you. That's basically what happened to Vanderbilt. They had 25 yards a quarter. That's about 10 yards on the ground each drive. That's not much. That's not, that's that's not, not much at all. That's, now, that's not going to work. A I mean, single first that's, down? That's a first down by run. Or one 10-yard run, essentially. It's just not ideal. They had 116 yards rushing. Three yards. I think three yards of rush. Now, they didn't They didn't run it a lot. But they couldn't. No, I, and, and no one has complained about Georgia's defense. I mean, I think they looked really solid. I think the only issue was the, the few penalties that they gave up. Penalties are stupid, and that's and I was talking to you or Matt or someone Fletcher, and he just said, "Hey, don't you know? Don't you think that's the easiest type to clean up or, or, or personal foul penalties on the defense?" I said, "Probably." You would think so because it's. I mean, it, it's as simple as telling Devon Wilson, "Hey, when he's running out of bounds, you don't need to hit him." I, I, we were asking, I, I can't remember if I asked it Walter Grant yesterday or if it was uh, Quay Walker. I think it was Walter who said, I said, you know, what, how do you, you know, what are you thinking when that happens and you're a defender? He goes, it's not a good feeling. Because you know, as fast as those guys play, and they really do play fast, you know as an athlete to, to slow down. Because you know, like in basketball, you know where you're going with the ball in your head instinctively. In tennis, you know you should just flip from forehand to backhand like it's nothing. And on to stop where there's a giant white stripe and the bulk of a team right there, it's not that hard to do. And it's just super aggression, and it's a correctable mistake. And so I'm not going to get so, you know, fired up talking about it because it is a completely correctable mistake but it, it is something that they just can't continue to do absolutely anyway and, and yeah and i think people will continue to make a, a kind of a big deal out of it and but it, it is something that like you said is easily correctable and, and just kind of dumb and, and youthful i would say it youthful. is you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day because my basketball coach from college texted a group of us. And I remember him screaming at us when we were freshmen because uh, my whole unit were um, were freshmen guys that played and signed that first year. And he would just scream at us that because several of that group played, not necessarily me, 
but he would just scream, you know, either you're good young or you're bad young. <laughs> and he would only scream that when we were bad young, by the way. But I mean, I don't know if he's right or not, because the more I think about it, like we had mistakes at dog post the other day. I think sometimes it is an experience. You start overthinking things. But hitting guys late, um, that's just not something that can happen. And that, that was Wilson's second college football game. So and, and, I'm not going to be the guy yeah. that goes crazy. And I think that might have just been a little bit of eagerness, too, on his end, just to yes. finally get out there and, and get ready to hit someone. And, you know, he had a per like, well, Secondary, I'm trying to think, man. The secondary did not get a lot of work. Um, and that was on it. Was that on a special team? One was, I feel like, was on a special team. No, one was uh, Wilson, and the other one was Monty Rice ripping a guy's head off. I think yeah. the secondary did get a lot of work. The Mark Webb wound up with seven tackles, which ain't bad. But then you got to go all the way down to number five tackler for the day was Richard at four. So they just didn't get a lot of work back there. And um, yeah, it was a solid Because well, once again, I mean, they didn't Vanderbilt didn't throw the ball very well, so they didn't really get an opportunity much in that opportunity uh, in that regard. They didn't throw it well, and then they, they didn't. didn't well. They hardly got to the second level when running the ball. So it was just yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't there was which. That goes back to my defensive line, you know, fantasy or whatever you want to call it. I might be overdoing it, but I'm just saying when you get to the Auburn game, the Florida game, Notre Dame, Alabama, and you're, you know, or and I very seriously doubt Missouri, but when you when you are getting, you know, when you have a nail and the hammer is hitting you in the head, how many more nails can you put there to the nail gets tired? I mean that's. That's what you want on a defensive line is to prevent the hammering away of, of the nail. Um, and for Vanderbilt, they could not stop. Georgia had like six hammers, and they were just pounding away all the night long. They never could get a grip of the, the, the hammer, of the ball, of the, uh, I was going to say the balls, but Vanderbilt never could get a hold of the hammer. I mean, Vanderbilt was one thing. Tennessee couldn't even, didn't even have a hammer on premise. They were getting popped in the face by Georgia State. Yeah. Well, and Brendan was telling me earlier, Brendan Kerner from Dark Post, he was saying that the Vanderbilt press box was kind of exploded when that happened, when, when Tennessee lost. Uh, yeah, I mean, people were kind of, yeah. like, clamoring. They were kind of like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there was definitely chatter. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say people were like, yeah, like, let's go. But they were, like, you know, everyone was kind of <laughs> laughing and, and just shocked at what the hell was happening in Knoxville. Yeah. Bad news. All right, I got a, uh, I got, I got a roll here in Mexican. What should I get? You got a what? I got to get my Mexican on right now. What should I get? You getting Mexican food? Yeah. yeah. Get some enchiladas, man. If I'm you're, not, si- if you're, si- to- if you're sitting down, get a margarita too. No, I gotta drive. Well, gotta doesn't, drive. doesn't mean you can't. I've never made you a margarita, have I? I gotta get you a margarita. I didn't know you made margaritas. I'm a big margarita fan. Do you do? We them? gotta get you some cookies and some margaritas. Do you do them on the rocks or frozen? For me, a margarita is only ever on the rocks. But I get it oh, if you okay. are a 40 year old woman that you like a frozen margarita. I prefer them on the rocks, but frozen is not bad either. Yeah, I don't think I don't, you should you know, shit look, on them so I, hard. I should, no, no, I know. I should not really judge. Um. You know, first of all, margaritas are much better than I ever thought they were. But it, but it's way 
you have to have something else in it. It can't just be like a like a like a margarita mar- martini for like a better term. Give me something else. Like give me some flavor uh, in the actual drink. Give me some spice. Don't go crazy. And I you, I think you have to always have salt. If you don't have salt, I don't know if it's really a drink. But of course, with frozen, they're, they're not going to have salt, are they? No, you can get salt on them still, but it it doesn't go as well. Right. Right. But also, but I, I, I always, I always go ahead. At La Fiesta, if you get the frozen one, you get more margaritas. The thing on the rocks, it doesn't give you. They don't give you as much in the pitcher. I'll say, man, you know, you and I both know. Now, we, we, they are not sponsors of the program. But La Fiesta on the east side, that is not bad. They have, they have my Texan stamp of approval. They yeah. barely pass, but they get it. To lock, they barely to, pass. To lock, to lock on the perimeter also passes. So much competition out there in Dylan's world of Mexican, you know, Athens Mexican. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a long journey to find some half decent Mexican food. And is it Mexican or Tex Mex? What's I call it's Tex Mex, but I call it Mexican. I think they're the same thing. I think Tex Mex has kind of taken over Mexican food. Yeah, I was gonna say almost everything in America is Tex Mex, which yeah. is not quite the same thing as Mexican. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, like chips and queso is a very Tex-Mex thing, but I would lump that into my that category of Mexican dip? food. Is that cheese dip? I mean, let's just end is it here then, you you asshole. <laughs> We're not getting into like this. I feel like we should end right now before I lose control of the car. Uh, or before I start using more expletives. That's true. We gotta get you a margarita so you can calm down. All right, join us over on the website, dogplace.com, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. We'll see you over on the website.